0: APU. American Public University is proud to present Leading Forward.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today I have a special guest and we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart And that is Mr. Mitch Zenger. He's a workforce strategist guru. And one of the topics that he is famous for is teamwork, future of the work. And Mitch, how are you today?
0: I am doing really well. Excited to talk to you on this podcast. Great. We spoke earlier
1: this week and I thought we were going to do the podcast right then and there. I'm so excited about today because the topic that we're talking about, I love the work that you have done in this area and I want you to share it with our audience and give your take on how you got into this area and where you think things are going to go as far as the workforce in the future. So at this time, can you just share some of your background with our audience?
0: Sure. My background is in consulting. So I've consulted for a wide range of companies over my 30 plus year career. So I'm kind of the outsider looking in, figuring out how to make operations and processes and teams and learning better inside of organizations and not having direct responsibility. I get the liberty or the joy of kind of assessing what's not working and As I sort of look at the workforce and changes going on in sort of the complexity of work, it's very clear to me that we're shifting from sort of individual performance, individual output to much more complex products that require teamwork. And that's what I've been focusing on for the last few years is evangelizing this idea or concept of teamwork.
1: So you said one thing, and I think it's important for our audience to hear. You said that you're on the outside looking in. I have found that it's easier for someone on the outside looking in to give feedback to the leadership of an organization. You have no stake in it. So you're providing them feedback based off of what you've seen, not only at their organization, but other organizations who may or may not be having the same problem. How receptive have you found leadership to be to moving more towards a teamwork environment?
0: I think the concept is easy for people to understand and agree to and accept. I don't think they understand how complex it is, and I don't think they understand what they need to stop doing with regard to individual performance to actually enable teams and team performance to be more effective. I think we kind of, we're going down two paths at the same time. We, we keep all of our traditional HR functions that are all and, and processes and performance reviews, all the same as we've always done around individual behaviors and individual performance. But then in concept, we just talk about teamwork and we talk about the need to work together and to have a great team culture. But that, hasn't translated into most of the processes and steps and activities and performance reviews that are also important.
1: Okay, I totally agree. And let's talk about the performance evaluations. You are suggesting that based on your experience, there has been, I don't want to say resistance, I would say struggle with the concept of evaluating teams. Would you agree that We as a society have problems with performance evaluations in general, even when it's with the individual. So what are some of your suggestions on how we can transition to evaluating teams?
0: That is a big question. I think all the data and all the research has really shown that performance reviews and performance evaluations are almost counterproductive inside of companies. So a lot of big companies are starting to say, we're just going to throw them out the door, cancel them, and then they step back and go, well, that doesn't work because now we have to figure out how to rank our people and adjust or compensate them for, for top performance, mid-level performance, etc." So they're struggling. Um, nobody's really figured it out. And I think the, the reason they haven't figured it out is they really haven't made that mind shift of we need to do our evaluation criteria for performance reviews around teamwork and people collaborating and working together. And it's not about me achieving my best performance. It needs to be more about me helping others achieve their best performance. And that's something we actually want to measure and compensate you for.
1: I totally agree. And I I feel like I'm putting you on a spot with all of these questions. But I spoke about performance evaluations because I, like you, think that's a key to getting to the heart of the matter. But another area, and you just made a statement alluding to it, is how we have defined people on a team, what their roles and responsibilities are, as well as what are the roles and responsibilities of leaders. In an effort to move more towards teamwork, I like diversity of thought, so I'm all for teamwork. How do we educate, coach, make feel better individual leaders who feel as though if we move more towards teamwork, there's no place for them?
0: So help me understand the question a little better. So you're asking...
1: How can we get the leaders to support teamwork since they've basically have been in a system that has rated them on how well they are a leader. How can we help them transition and see that there's a place for them? Um, One of the things that I like to do with leaders is to help them not be the person with all of the answers, but to be a coach, use their experience and coach others
0: to be able to be productive, to get the work done. Lots of thoughts go through my head on that. I think you're spot on in we need to shift leadership away from this idea that you know it all you are guiding it all you are the you have every answer and you're directing the team as the parent to what we're going to go do and it needs to be much more our leaders are there to coach and to pull together the right blend of skills and strengths and capabilities from different diverse backgrounds in the organization to solve problems, enhance processes, get products out the door, keep customers happy, etc. And it can't be done with one person. And we need to change the way we incent and motivate leaders and look at their performance. Right now, it really is about how much you do, how much you achieve, sort of how great you are, how big your organization is, or how many people you lead. And it's not about how good you are at making other people successful and coaching other people. And there needs to be a whole lot more metrics and performance analysis or your performance review should be around how good you made your people underneath you, not how great you are.
1: Exactly. I totally agree. I actually think that is a flaw in our system. And just as we are going to have to adjust to people working in different settings. It's no longer the office space. They could either be working totally remote or they can be hybrid coming in some days. And I don't know if you have been reading some of the articles coming out and I'm actually surprised by them. And I'm just going to throw out a couple of things that have stuck with me. And I want you to share your feelings with me on these particular topics trying to get more, I just want to give you ideas and then hear what you have to say. One thing is about surveys that companies have been giving to their employees, especially as it relates to remote work. I'm going to be very specific on that. The organizations have asked their people to be honest and upfront, yet when they don't receive what they were looking for, they're not listening to the results of their employees. I think that is unhealthy I think that leads to the workforce not trusting their leadership and be reluctant to provide future feedback. What have you seen around this area, especially as it relates to companies trying to figure out where does remote or hybrid work fit into their workforce?
0: My simple answer is everybody is struggling to figure this hybrid work solution out. Yes, we collect a lot of data. The surveys are saying one thing, yet you have old leaders who are set in their way, who have this idea that everybody needs to be in a chair, in the office, in a a building to be productive. We've proven that's not required, but they still don't want to accept that and move forward. So. Nobody has the right answer yet. Nobody's really figured out this hybrid workforce model yet. I think it's it's going to be really challenging to how we get our people connected and how we get them to trust each other and work well together as teams when everybody's just kind of isolated and separated. And I think that's why we see a lot more stress, anxiety, lack of trust between people, etc., I mean, a lot of the data say people are working harder than ever and getting more done. And so our productivity numbers are going up, yet we're still pushing. We're not really adjusting. Everybody just thinks we're going to go back to the way it was three years ago. And that's never going to be the case. I mean, we're never going to see as many people in offices, in chairs on a daily basis than we did three years ago. And people need to figure it out. It's interesting that you said that. People, and I, I
1: I am so amazed just because my personal philosophy about life, but it really blows my mind when I hear people talk about, well, we're going back to how things were. And to me, that statement, it doesn't even have to deal with a um, pandemic. It's like, life is not like that. You very seldom go back to the same thing. There has to be some type of change in order for you to grow with that said, would you say one of the important factors in your work has been to deal with the culture of companies?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think culture and kind of that feeling of connection and support. And the simple way I like to say it is, do the people around me have my back? is so important inside of a company. And when you feel like your coworkers don't have your back, your leadership doesn't have your back, you know, going back to your survey question, my leader, I'm, I'm answering the questions they're asking me yet. My leaders aren't doing anything about it or changing anything. They're just trying to do the same old thing. Then you don't have the trust and you don't have that connection. And people then begin the mental isolation to say, maybe they the grass is greener in another job. And I'm going to do you know, be part of what was the great resignation. We're not using that term anymore with the things happening today. But, uh, you know, people are looking for change. I know. And it's interesting
1: that you talk about the great resignation. I read an article right before I got on the podcast with you. And it was talking about how people are pessimistic about the job hunt process. And that was the title. When I started reading it, It was something totally different than I expected, and it went a different direction. It was talking about employees eh, are not too optimistic about any job, even the one they have, and they don't necessarily believe that they have to get another one in order to have a sense of hope. What they are feeling is that they're looking at different companies, their performance, and their leadership teams. And they're not seeing what they want to see. So they're like, it's hopeless. And I think that's very sad, because that's like a workforce looking at the leadership of our organizations today, post-pandemic, and they don't feel confident in our leaders being able to transition us to the what's next. Our programs at American Public University, we try to focus on that. We try to partner with individuals as well as organizations to help them to define what that what's next. How can we help them? How can we help their employees? Based on the individuals that you have worked with, have you talked about the topic of sense of hope? What would make employees more motivated and have buy-in to what their leadership is doing in the different organizations.
0: So yeah, definitely a critical topic. And yes, I've talked with lots of, of leaders about it. I think that the key thing we need to be looking for from leadership is giving a sense of direction and whether you're using... You know these objective and key results like here's where the senior executives are trying to go and then cascading goals and activities down through the organization so people feel connected to the strategy and the direction of where we're trying to go that helps to motivate people and encourage them to feel like i'm connected to the bigger cause or the greater cause and then the next key is how do you get people to Help each other, support each other, feel connected, recognize each other in achieving those goals, and you know that comes from being a lot more transparent about what you're doing, how you're doing it, how each other, you know, what we're working on and what we're how we're trying to develop, you know, our strengths and etc., and then encouraging and helping. Uh, you know, I go back to that statement of you want people to feel like the people I work with have my back. And if that's not happening in your organization and people are feeling isolated, especially when they're by themselves in a home office, that's one of your top priorities is to make a change there and get that sense of connection and support and people here to help each other in your organization.
1: Okay. You've mentioned it a couple of times about that isolation. And every time I read that, that's been interesting. And I think it may... Um, The experience may be tied into how an organization defines remote work. I've talked to people who remote work, they may be knowledge workers. So the expectation is that as projects come out, people get them done and have the deliverables ready at a given date and a given time. Then I speak with people who have employers who have set up monitoring devices and monitoring keystrokes because the employees are required to be in front of a computer the eight-hour day. That's kind of scary. I I share with people, I've had three remote jobs before (laughs) the pandemic. And in all of them, I would say they're knowledge-based. So success is defined as how well you've done a project that the organization has assigned to you. So it's not the, I need to keep track of you to find out what you're doing. And would you say that has had some implications on how successful a company
0: has been with this remote work? Absolutely. It terrifies me when I read about companies tracking keystrokes and taking pictures of your screen to make sure you're in front of your computer every... 10 minutes or something like that, it sends completely the wrong message. And as employees start to understand how their employer is tracking, I think there's a term their digital exhaust as you're, as I'm monitoring your digital exhaust, I liken it to kind of this parent child, the babysitter relationship. If if you're treating me like a little baby and you have to monitor my move every 10 minutes, you don't trust me in the least bit. And so you're just going down a path that is going to come back and bite you. And so we need to be focused on adult-to-adult relationships, setting adult-to-adult expectations. There are ways to understand if people are delivering performance without having to track number of keystrokes and take a photo of them every 10 minutes or make sure that they're moving their mouse every Every 10 minutes, there's a new device now that wiggles your mouse on a regular basis. I'm just like, it's insane.
1: It is time for a break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. Welcome back. I am speaking today with Mitch Zenger regarding whether teamwork can be the future of work. Now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, and it's almost like, okay, we have to come up with these things and you have mentioned it twice in this conversation. It's the issue of trust. And when I first heard you say it, I was thinking in terms of the leader, like, do you have my back? Can I trust you? But that works both ways. And and I've always said, if you have to have all those systems in place to see whether or not your employees are working, why did you hire them in the first place?
0: Absolutely. Totally agree.
1: It, it, it's almost like it's a <sighs> dysfunctional behavior that through the various leadership development programs that we have had. I know they try to do it with emotional intelligence when that field became popular. But what are your thoughts about how do we assist leaders with transitioning to the new concept of overseeing a workforce? that may be with them, may not. Like one of the things I hear is, well, it's frustrating. I, I saw this last week, it's frustrating. I, I can't see them, so how do we collaborate? How do we come up with new ideas? And I was like, did that person really say that? And they're a leader? It seems like we've missed something in the leadership development process, and I'm not sure what it is. What are your thoughts? Do you think we've promoted up people who have been experts in a certain field and left out some of the key essential skill sets necessary to be a leader versus a manager?
0: I absolutely would agree with that. I mean, I think you have, you know, the data proves it. I mean, you have lots of leaders who have very narcissistic behaviors. How do I command and control and force the organization to do everything that's going to make me look good. And then they get promoted and it just sort of continues this chaotic competition of who's going to rise to the top of an organization. And when that goes on, the employees are the ones that suffer and that the feeling of teamwork and the supporting and the psychological safety that's really necessary to happen inside of an organization is gone. So until you start measuring and saying, we're going to focus on our employees feeling that psychological safety and we're going to focus on you know measuring our employees feeling like they have each other's back and that we're collaborating well together and we're doing team related metrics not rise to the top related metrics of who's the star performer and so that's who's going to get paid the most and everybody else gets nothing that needs to change that needs to change in our compensation systems in our reward recognition in the way we measure things, our pull surveys, all of those types of things need to change. And they kind of are, but nobody's looking at it holistically and changing all these interconnected systems at the same time with the same sort of vision and strategy.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And how I word it is, I think there are certain systems that we have used across different productivity events in in the world of work and as we have transitioned from styles we never looked at our systems
0: no the systems are back in the industrial era as the way I like to put it it's you know we we are our, our our metrics and our measurement performance management is all around getting the most number of widgets out the door in a manufacturing supply chain kind of a way and it's not the way we develop products. Products are developed these days, much more complex. It's not one person making one hostess Twinkie and putting it out the door. It's a whole bunch of people working together to get a very complex product out that customers want.
1: I totally agree. And some of the things that both you and I have been discussing, they're around complex issues, processes, strongholds that have been around for years. And it's not going to be a quick and easy fix because not only is there going to have to be a shift in the way that we do work, but also a shift in the mindset. Now, as I introduced you, I said the workforce guru. I've been asking questions and you have definitely been providing responses that are things to think about. But now I want to give you the opportunity on the whole topic of work post-pandemic. What are your thoughts? What do you think employees need to do? What do you think organizations need to do? This is your time to just give your plug for here's the big picture of what we need to do. We want to get your voice out there.
0: That is a big question. So uh, I think I'll go to one of the latest articles that I wrote that I think you saw on LinkedIn that sort of bird are connecting and having this conversation today and that was i made this analogy of this uh, the maslow hierarchy of needs that most companies are stuck in this individual need get individuals to become self actualized you know we have to meet their basic compensation needs meet their basic psychological or physiological needs and then they can self actualize and become great individuals the evolution has been We're now getting much more complicated. We need to work together in teams. And I put together this very different set of hierarchy of needs that has similarities, but it's different. When you're looking at self-actualizing and me becoming my best self, it is all about me when you're looking at team actualization and my team becoming their best self, it's a very different set of steps. And so it's really built upon. We need to be compensating teams around teamwork in a very different way. We need to be making sure our teams and the collaboration are, are you know working well. We need to be getting teams to learn together, you know, uh, understand complex problems, sharing their ideas, sharing their understanding of what's going on inside of companies together, and then recognizing team and teamwork. One of the the key things or questions I like to ask companies is when it comes to recognition, are you measuring how well your leaders are recognizing other people? It's not recognizing themselves, but are they good at recognizing and rewarding other people? And almost ask your employees to give feedback on the feedback that they're receiving. And you want to promote those leaders who give the most valuable feedback and recognition to their employees, because that's how you get performance and companies to build that great culture together is when they work well together and collaborate and feel like the, I'll go back to the, you know, your employees have each other's backs.
1: Right. And you just said a couple of things too. And I I just think about myself. Um, I was having a conversation with someone and they were asking me about my leadership style. And one of the comments that I made, anytime that I walk into a different situation, I like to see who my team members are. And then I like to assess their skill sets. Do you have to always be a superstar? And we talk a lot about high performing teams, but it's like, what do you contribute? I think I'm more of a sports team person. And it's like, we can help each other just have diversity of skills. Like I get into group thing. If I develop a team that everyone thinks the same, what happens if something comes out of left field and we're blindsided and everyone's thinking the same? That's why we need diversity of thought on the different teams. But... What I have struggled with, I'm comfortable with it as a leader, but I've seen peers struggle with it, is when you mention so many leaders have been trained and conditioned by classification and compensation systems that they have to make themselves look good. Where well, that's not even the definition of a leader. The leader is, in my head, the performance of my team is a reflection of how well I did it, my job. And if my team's not performing, can they perform even when I'm not there? I mean, that's my litmus test. Like, can you still operate everything if I'm not there? Have I done my job with explaining how I think, how I would do things if I wasn't present? The best compliment that I ever received was when someone made the comment, you weren't here. I wanted to do this, but I knew what your expectation was. And I think that was a good example of trust in a relationship among different team members. And I think that's what we're missing, but I don't know how to get there. I'll be honest. And I think that's why I like talking to you. Because it's it's good to like just shoot out different ideas based on our different experiences.
0: So I loved what you said about this idea of Different strengths, different personalities. It kind of goes back to understanding emotional intelligence and who are your natural strategists and who are your natural people relationship developing type of people and who are your execution and delivery people. And success really is bringing the combination of those skills together on your team so that you get people that work together and complement each other. Unfortunately, most people's natural tendency is they hire the exact clone of themselves. So if I'm a, an execution guy, I'm gonna hire a whole bunch of teams, people who are execution people. And that works in some functions in an organization. If I'm supply chain focused, yeah, you'd meet people who deliver. But if I'm doing product development, it really is, you need to go against this natural tendency of hiring the same as me and really encourage and almost measure and force different cultures, different ideas, different personalities, different styles that complement each other and then get people to understand how to leverage those strengths in the different team members. Don't tell me to go do the execution because I hate that stuff. I'm the strategist. I'm going to tell you, I do the problem solving. Bring me in when you want a problem solved and I'll help figure it out.
1: And there was a time that I call it piecemeal. Uh, You know, we had people working on individual things, whether it was their strength or whether that's how the organization was structured. Looking at 2022 and beyond, what would be your suggestions, recommendations on how we could set up systems to put in place to assist workers with developing their true selves, if that makes sense? it's almost a self-awareness like you understand what you're good at what you're not good at and you can focus in on what you see as your sense of purpose whether it's your strengths or your weaknesses
0: so i have a lot of thoughts around that topic i envision a day when you know a lot of people have done like myers briggs or strengths finders or all these different personality assessments and we do it and we learn from it and then we put it in a drawer and we never really ever go back to it and nobody else ever sees it. I envision a day when we're in a digital age, that that personality style, I can share as much as I want with my teammates so that people understand me and understand what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And then almost through technology, we figure out based on what our teams are working on or what we're doing, who do we need to be pulling in And your goal as an employee is really just promoting who I am and what I'm good at and making sure I'm getting more assignments and projects that focus on that. And it's almost like a call it a public reputation or a performance reputation. I have this digital reputation that people can see of what I'm good at and I publicize that and then people learn from that and give me more assignments based on what I like doing not what they need to have done and they know I'm good at certain things, so they force me to do stuff that I may not be as comfortable doing, but I, I'm i a high performer so I can do it, that that needs to change. The more you can get people doing what they love doing and what they're passionate about doing, the better off and more successful your teams will be in the long run.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. and I could hear the passion start to come out of you on that one, but that's an area that, I am interested in too, to the point, I think we're coming to a close to this episode. That's another episode for us to go into because I think that's part of the answer to the question of where do we go now? What's beyond the veil and how should we position ourselves? And I think those companies who are destined to be successful, they're going to figure it out. The ones who are dragging their feet or digging in, they may not be here. And it's just about, are you going to evolve with time?
0: the world is changing. If you ever think we're going back to the way it used to be, you've just failed. Everything's evolving. Everything's becoming more complicated. Everything's becoming more global. I think there will be a day where we're seeing billion-dollar companies that literally don't have, or I think we're already seeing it, but I think we're going to see a lot more. Billion-dollar companies that have no headquarters, they have no central office. They're all distributed workforce. Even... A large percentage may be contingent workforce, contractor type of folks.
1: Yeah. A lot of people have been saying that for a time. And I think that scared some people. But based on what happened after the pandemic, in my opinion, I think a lot of people reassess what's important to them. And I think there's not that fear that it used to be years ago. And with our parents, the baby boomers, I think the two youngest generations, they have a different concept of what the world of work is about some of the older generations may say they're lazy and stuff, but I think it's just what's important to them. You know, we get ready to go on another topic, so I'm going to say, Mitch, thank you for joining me today and sharing your expertise. And I really do think we need to do a couple more episodes because I think we're on to something, and I think people will enjoy hearing you and I talk about just about our experiences and what we see. You being external. I do work for an organization right now, but I do have the opportunity to be in your role, like look from the outside and just share what I see. Thank you so much. Do you have any closing words for us?
0: My closing words is thank you for this opportunity to talk. And I would love to come back and continue this conversation. Uh, It's been a been a pleasure.
1: Okay, we can help someone. (laughs) We have been speaking with Mitch Zenger regarding the role of teamwork in the future of world of work today. This is Marie Gould Harper thanking you for listening to our podcast today.
0: For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU.